The following is an encore presentation of Licensed to Parent. Parents in today's culture are facing some really hard choices. To raise their kids in a way that honors God means that their kid probably won't be allowed to do things and activities that their friends get to do. For me, when I was younger, and this was quite a few years ago, it meant that I didn't get to go to a movie theater. And that was tough. And that caused lots of arguments in the Hill household. But today on Licensed to Parent, we're going to talk about culture and parenting. And the guy answering some of those tough questions will be our host, Trace Embry. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host, Trace Embry, is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. So, Trace, when you were younger, were you allowed to go to a movie theater? Yep. I pretty much do what I wanted to do. In most cases, I was just your average run-of-the-mill kid in an average run-of-the-mill culture at that time. And so how did things change when you were parenting your kids? Yeah, well, I just kind of picked up where I left off with my first three kids until the light bulb came on. And um, uh, when the light bulb came on, uh, and that that was sparked by a lot of people saying, so how are you going to raise your kids? And when people <laughs> asked you that question back in you know, the early 1980s, what they meant was with faith and and even what denomination because Christian faith was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Here's the answer that your fearless host gave. I'm not going to teach them anything. I'm going to let them figure it out for themselves. That That is probably the stupidest <laughs> thing that any any parent could possibly say. There's a reason why I end every program with, if you don't train your children, somebody else Mm. will. And the truth is, somebody else already has. And they're competing with what you're trying to teach them, if what you're trying to teach them is even right. So uh, when my wife and I came to the Lord, we started taking our kids to church, and then we realized, wow, there is an absolute transcendent standard for moral uh, truth. And and reality, and and there is a uh, an eternity to gain, a heaven to gain, a, and a hell to shun. And you know, there there's, there are right ways to to raise your kids. There's a million wrong ways, and I think within a continuum of right, there are, there's even a variety of right ways to raise your kids. But there is a continuum of what's right, and so God's still given us a, a free will as to how we want to stay within the bounds of that continuum. Uh, But boy, there's a million ways to run outside that continuum, and we're doing it right now in today's 21st century American culture. If you had been a part, well, we know that you are the founder of Shepherds Hill Academy and all that we are doing with Troubled Teens, but if you had been a part of Shepherds Hill at the very beginning of training your kids, of raising your kids, would you have raised them differently? Oh, uh, 100%. I mean, 180 degrees. Differently uh, than the way I started to raise them, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I have a foundation for for what I know to be best for my kids, and uh, I, I I don't even want to make good the enemy of best, um, and so yeah, uh, totally different. 
So in helping these kids here at Shepherd's Hill Academy, you have learned so much. You have learned so much about parenting. You've learned so much about teens. And you've also learned about God. And that comes out just when you're talking with other guests here on Licensed to Parent and everything. So help me understand, is God really the God of the homes in America? Absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. Why, why, why do you say that? He's not even the God of the homes in Christian America. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to answer that question and not sound like you've got the market cornered on truth and you're this arrogant perfectionist that uh, is trying to dictate uh, to everyone else, uh, all, the, all the other plebes in the world, uh, as to how, to how to live life. I'm not. I'm, I'm just in the, I've got some observational skills. You know, I, I mean, do have, have a little bit of biblical knowledge. I'm not, I don't claim to be a theologian or a prophet or anything like that. But when you see that there are people out there that you go to church with even who are making virtually all the decisions in their lives and in their families and with their kids that have no basis in, in biblical standards, but are very congruent with where the culture is going, mm-hmm. then it, a, 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 a few really strong scriptures start to pop off the page as to yeah yeah this this is this is nothing new. We we do have a tendency to follow our culture. I mean the reason you know one reason that you know I'm a Christian today and not a Buddhist is because I grew up in, a, in what used to be a Christian culture. Uh, I, maybe I would have went in that direction, but if I was truly seeking the truth and open to the truth, I would have found Jesus Christ, whether I grew up in India or China or wherever. And they're doing it today, you know, with the help of missionaries. But we need missionaries here. You know, now, I mean, we've become a missionary nation. We've become a third world nation in the sense of our being civilized even. So do you see parents, do you see Christian parents falling prey to culture and and is that the reason why it seems like sometimes in a Christian home, God is kept out? Well, that is 100% it. I mean, let's put yourself in the, in the, in the shoes of, of, a, of a kid going to high school, in a public school, let's say. And let's say he's a church kid. And his parents, uh, you know, they're not really, they don't adhere to a, a daily regimen of uh, a, even a little bit of scripture. You know, it's just to go to work, come home, eat, watch a little TV, go to bed, wake up, do it again. And then Sunday they go to church for an hour. Well, there's 167 hours left out of 168 in a week that the culture has our attention, whether it's in our professional life or our leisure time or, or, or whatever. But a lot of that time is spent on smartphones, whether it's scanning the internet or you know checking out social media or watching YouTube videos or whatever. And there are a lot of people who paint their faces with smiles on social media and, and other uh, platforms that make you think they're living in heaven. And yeah, they probably do make some money doing some of this stuff, but a lot of them aren't happy. And, and they'll tell you that they're not happy. That hour gets easily forgotten when there's not uh, a lifestyle and some genuine 100% concentration time 
uh, on the Lord himself with prayer and what we used to call devotionals. You know, and it doesn't have to be even in the Bible all the time. It could be a devotional like uh, Oswald Chambers. I, I suggest people get a steady dose of Oswald Chambers, my utmost mm-hmm. his highest, in his steps, uh, streams in the desert or, or mm-hmm. some. But there's really no uh, no better replacement than the Bible itself. But then there are videos. They're really you know we live in a digital age, and 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 I don't have I have no problem with playing any number of great apologetic videos to our kids, so that when we when they run up against the uh, backwards way mm-hmm. of doing things compared to scripture out there in the world, they'll know that's not the right way. You know, I used to be a policeman, and they would teach you uh, how to tell a uh, a phony $20 bill or a phony $100 bill. And the way they would teach you how to uh, determine whether it was phony or not is get you so familiar with the genuine. And when you were familiar with the genuine, then you knew how to spot a phony. And and we're surrounded by phonies in all, in all aspects of our culture. And when you give your kids a smartphone, in, in and I've said this before, in our child-molesting culture, our systemically mentally ill culture, that's a scientific fact we're systemically mentally ill and i can go into all the reasons why but i'll save that for another time but when you take your cues from a systemically mentally ill culture mm-hmm. uh and people who who don't know god then you're you're going to acquire appetites for that and you're just going to go deeper down a rabbit hole that you don't really want to go down we need the Lord in our life through prayer and and God in his word, basically. And we need, whether our kids like it or not, and that's one, one big mistake parents make. They, th- they think their kids have to necessarily like it. You just got them telling me you didn't like the, the idea that your parents didn't allow you to, to do certain things. And here you are, you know, co-hosting a nationally syndicated Christian radio broadcast. So something, they didn't do everything wrong, right? You don't have to right. like everything you do. Michael Jordan didn't like to do what his coach put him through uh, because he wasn't a champion. He wanted to be a champion. I think it took him six years of being an all-star before he became a champion because he finally heeded what someone from the outside, in this case, Coach Phil Jackson, said, you do this and you'll be a champion. And he, sure enough, six championship rings later, when he first hated that coach for making him do those things, he ended up falling in love with him. Well, discipline and instruction is half of it is all about boundaries, laying boundaries. And all of us do better with boundaries. Look at the Ten Commandments. If we didn't have those, we wouldn't have a lot of the morality that we follow. And we need boundaries in order to actually have a civilized society. And we need boundaries in order to have a civilized home. But in the 1960s, we wanted to, to cast off those boundaries, those guardrails, mm-hmm. those fences. We yeah. thought we had a better idea. It was called postmodern thought. Do what you, you know, what you want to do, when you want to do it. If it feels good, do it. Do your own thing. There are no absolute standards of moral right and wrong. G.K. Chesterton made a very insightful statement when he said, before you tear down a fence, find out why it was put up to begin with. <laughs> and we've torn down those fences. That's brilliant. We, don't know why they were put up to begin with. And you know, one thing about discipline, usually the person imposing the discipline or executing the discipline is someone who's been there before, someone who are, who was older. I think that's why God made parents older than, than kids. I used to hear this from, from uh, my family all the time. Look, I'm 45 years old, you're 15. I've been 15, you've never been 45. Good chance you're gonna learn something from me. And you know what? 
Uh, it took me years to, to get it uh, sorted out, but uh, uh, most of the time, 90% of the time, they were right. Well, it's Brick Time, Trace, and our guest today on Licensed to Parent is our host, Trace Embry, and we are answering some of those hard questions that people are asking, and actually, we are starting a new thing here at Licensed to Parent. You can send your questions in for Trace. You just send them to radio at licensedaparent.org. That's radio at licensedaparent.org. Trace Embry and I will be back right after this. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. For over two decades, Shepherds Hill Academy has been bringing hope and restoration to teens in crisis and their families. In September 2020, we began developing a new campus to further the effectiveness of our mission. The five-year, two-phase plan began with a new dining hall, which is well underway. Not only will it feed our teens, but it'll provide a place to reach out to our communities, addressing the dangers today's families face and giving those families the tools they need to become agents of change in the culture. In early 2024, we'll share the complete vision and master plan at the official launch of our Beyond the Hill Capital Campaign. We're excited and hope you'll catch the vision in reaching our students and neighbors with insight for today's culture. Until then, there's still many opportunities for giving during this year end. Simply visit LicensedToParent.org and click on Donate to learn more. And thanks. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Our host today is Trace Embry, and Trace is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a residential treatment center for troubled teens. And if you need help with your teen, you can learn more about Shepherd's Hill when you visit licensedtoparent.org. And Trace Embry is in the hot seat today, and I'm asking him some questions. I don't know that I've gotten to some really hard questions yet, Trace. But we've been talking about culture. We've been talking about just even in Christian homes these days, there are a lot of Christian parents who are not maybe welcoming God into their home. And, um, and you gave us some, some helpful advice on just getting back to the Word, getting back to devotionals, doing devotionals, and reading the Word with our kids. And should our culture ever dictate how parents parent their children? Uh, almost to a zero degree. 
Um, so what should dictate that? And what are you seeing? Yeah, what should dictate that is the Word of God, the Spirit of God. Um, and, you know, you want to be sensitive to the culture you live in. Like if mm-hmm. someone plopped me down in some third world nation, the first thing that I would not do would be to try to get them to, you know, adapt to the way I dress or, or don't mm-hmm. dress, depending on how primitive the, the culture is. Uh, you want to you want to gain their their respect and and uh, uh, and and, and we, I think we have to think that way uh, about America right now. There are some things you know that that I think the church has been legalistic on, and I think we shot ourselves in the foot about it. Uh, forgive me if this steps on your toes, Michelle, but I, I think go, you know going to the movie house wasn't necessarily the unpardonable sin. Yeah. It might have been a wise choice, mm-hmm. but I think that's something that even if it wasn't the, the, the best choice, that you can get past that. You, you know, as you mature as a second generation Christian, or maybe even beyond that, you can get past that kind of stuff. But there are certain things that parents are allowing their kids to be involved with. That, that is helping them to acquire appetites for things that are going to be s- s- branded in their heads for mm-hmm. forever. And they don't realize the damage that they're doing. Um, I know we're in the culture. I know, you know, uh, we can't escape that. But uh, we, we should never uh, participate in things that we know are antithetical to a biblical worldview. So, Trace, help me to understand, as we're looking at the culture, we're seeing how the culture frames a lot. It frames a lot. It frames a lot for how kids think through life, how they see life. It frames how they hear what happened in history. And so, culture is framing, in some ways, it's framing a parent's discipline and how they discipline their kids. What do you say discipline is and what it isn't? Well, discipline is something that is going to be defined by some of the secular thinkers, in some cases, as violence. Mm. But see, we've redefined a lot of terms, and culture has done that. Yeah, that's a good point. And they've redefined abuse. They've redefined love. They've redefined grace. They've redefined peace. they've They've redefined every godly term with the devil's dictionary. And so when you start redefining terms, then even the term discipline is going to get uh, redefined as something violent in light of what Scripture says that we have as an option. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm referring to this, the whole idea of, of spanking your children. First mm-hmm. of all, I don't think it's wise to, to use spanking as the, the, your go-to plan you know, or your go-to action. Mm-hmm. I think that should be the, you know, my, my philosophy has always been the, the best, most effective spanking is the one that isn't given. And if you can go through an entire childhood without spanking your child, hallelujah, I don't think it's probably going to happen, especially in those mm-hmm. early early uh, years when they, they can't articulate anything and they can't understand anything you articulate to. You might need to get a little thump on the hand to keep it off the hot stove or whatever. Uh, but discipline is going to look different in every stage of their development. And, you know, if, you, if you're at a point where you think you're going to spank your kid as a teenager, uh, you're 200 pounds and 15 years too late uh, mm. for that to be very effective. Yeah. Uh, and, but here's the thing. My kids need to know until the time they leave their home, everything's on the table. Everything is on the table. 
They need to know that their dad will do whatever their dad needs to do to keep peace and orderliness uh, in our home. Because if, if my 15-year-old son, and I will articulate this to him before it ever happens, you do something to physically harm my wife, your mother, mm-hmm. then that may not end well, all right? But to say that something like that could never happen, I think is naive. I equate it to the nuclear bomb, all right? We dropped a nuclear bomb in 1945, so that's what, close to 70 years ago. Mm-hmm. The reason we haven't had to drop another one in 70 years is because they know we have it and they know we'll use it. And so if Junior, if you used a a, a physical act, a spanking, let's say, at two years old or three years old or or five years, whatever, they know that you're capable of doing that. And they, they know that you love them enough to do that. There's something wired in the human being, I think it's a spiritual thing, that wants discipline. That, need, that not just needs it, they want it. And I've had kids tell me this. They, they want someone to, to hold their feet to the fire and, and make them do things and exercise consequences if they don't do them or consequences if they do something they shouldn't do. The kids will articulate oh, that. I'm sure. But these are usually the kids who've never had any discipline at all at home. And when the discipline has been administered, it's been abusive. It's been... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you're in the way of my TV, whop upside the head or some goofy <laughs> thing like that, right? And so they never equated it with love. They equated it with, uh, with violence. And that's what a lot of these, I'll call them what they are. They're, they're, they're single-tier thinkers. I don't care how many letters they have behind their name. When they tell me that me uh, spanking my three-year-old because he just, you know, whatever, for mm-hmm. whatever legitimate reason there is, and there are some legitimate reasons for spanking a three-year-old, um, that I'm, I'm hitting my kid out of retaliation or I'm exercising an act of violence, then I would challenge them. Is my, is my wife being molested when she goes for mm-hmm. her exam? You know, and, and, uh, is a doctor molesting her? Well, it's kind of the same act, isn't it? But there's a different intent. There's a different technique. And so they don't take those things into the equation. No one's ever challenged them with that. They just simply buy into it. And so there are things that the, that the Bible brings out as far as discipline with our children that uh, he's not, God's not necessarily saying you, you must do this. He's saying right. this is at your disposal. Well, and I'm just wondering, as a disciplinarian in a home, how important is it for a parent to be viewed by their child as the authority, the final authority? I mean, obviously, God's the final authority, but the final authority in that home. Well, first of all, I've often said that, that the family is the most fundamental form of government. And when you are raised in any culture around the world, you're going to have to submit yourself to a government, whether it's your family mm-hmm. or the, uh, the state. And uh, so you might as well get used to that. And the sooner that, that you can get used to submitting to the government of your home, uh, the better you'll be at submitting to the government of the state. But there is a, I mean, there's more to that. Uh, because there's sometimes when the when the government is acting outside of justice, you know they're in, like say Hitler's uh, Germany. There is a time when when you know I think it's incumbent upon us as children of God to say you know we can't submit to that we cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But these are full-grown adults making these decisions. Kids' frontal mm-hmm. lobes aren't fully developed until they're 25. So there's a good chance that parents who love them aren't going to be doing things that are going to defy justice. They're usually going to be pretty just. That, that's not to say that there aren't abusive parents who do things that are unjust. There are, and that's why you have child protective services and extended family to help bail the children out of situations like that. Now, I want to talk about love because in some some instances, it seems like love and discipline should go hand in hand. You also mentioned a little uh, while ago that a lot of our terms have been redefined. Mm-hmm. Do you see that love has been redefined in our world? Well, there is absolutely no doubt that it's been redefined. Um, but also, uh, again, discipline has been redefined. But, you know, the Bible says if you don't discipline your son, you don't love your son. Mm. So discipline is an act of love, or it should be. If it isn't, then you shouldn't be certainly spanking your kids if, if, you, if you can't get that one figured out. But love has been perverted in many ways, because, and I think largely it's because we only have one word to define love. In other languages, you know, like in, in the Greek language, you've got agape, which is you know, the love of your neighbor, and phileo, uh, love of uh, your brotherly love, like Philadelphia. Uh, storge, which is, uh, I forget what that one is, but... Uh, uh, then there's eros, with you, like your, your, your spousal type of love, the intimate type of love. We have one word, love, and Hollywood has helped, and so has the music industry, helped our kids to equate that with the, the warm, fuzzy, sexual type of, of, of love, aspect of love, and they don't separate it. They, they, do, mm-hmm. they do not know how to separate that. And uh, that's led to a, a, a lot of problems, um, especially in the LGBTQ uh, community, because you hear a lot of, I should be able to love who I want to love. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. I, I, Jonathan and David had a love that said transcended the love of women, but there's no indication that they were homosexuals. I, mean, I got a friend in the Chicago area. I love him to death. I'm I'm not gonna honeymoon with this guy, right? <laughs> and so you can you can love and separate that part of it. And kid, these kids today aren't they're not being taught that. So how are you helping the kids at Shepherd's Hill separate that and understand that? Well, first of all, we're, we we live with these kids. You know, we're we're with mm-hmm. them in a, in a small uh, authoritative community environment at Shepherd's Hill. Everything we've discussed on this broadcast and a year's worth more are conversations and interactions that we have with these kids for them to get, as I often say, uh, the rest of the story, which is what you know, mm. Paul Harvey would have said. These kids aren't getting this anymore. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, I accuse people of being one-tier thinkers. It's not that they're not capable. They've never been stretched. And these kids mm. are being stretched here. That's awesome. Well, Trace, thanks for being our guest here on Licensed to Parent today. It's been fun. Hey, I think I'd rather be a guest at a house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you have parenting questions for Trace or questions just concerning a troubled teen, you can send Trace an email and he'll answer. He'll answer because we'll talk about it. I'll ask him your question here on the broadcast Licensed to Parent. And to ask Trace that question, you just send an email to radio at licensedtoparent.org. Thanks for listening today. And Trace, thanks again for being our guest here on Licensed to Parent. Well, thanks for having me. They can trace back an answer. (laughs) 
that. Radio at licensedparent.org again to ask Trace a question. Licensed to Parent is a listener-supported ministry run by Shepherds Hill. And if you'd like to be a part of what we do, would you consider giving us a donation? You can go to licensedparent.org and click donate. Also, learn how God has blessed Shepherds Hill in Trace's book, The Miracles of Shepherds Hill, available at licensedaparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.